from the deeply confused studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA, it is time for another questioning episode of Chemical Free Horticultural Hijinks, You Bet Your Garden. I'm your host, Mike McGrath. Have you ever wondered what's in those bags that are labeled potting soil? Should you just use pure compost instead? On today's show, we'll reveal the answers to your curious seed-starting questions. Plus, dahlias, mulches, and your fabulous phone call questions, comments, tips, tricks, suggestions, and demonstratively difficult demonizations. So keep your eyes and or ears right here, cats and kittens, because it's all coming up faster than you saying no to cow manure right after this. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. Welcome to another brand new episode of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, P.A. I am still your host. I don't think anybody upstairs listens to this show. Mike McGrath, coming up later in the show, it's a veritable potpourri of questions that have come in from our first four thrilling episodes on seed starting with special guest Dahlias. I, I don't understand it either. But anyway, up until then, We'll take some of your misunderstood phone calls at 888-492-9444. Jeffrey, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Thank you, Mike. How are you? I am just ducky. Thanks for asking. I love that. Oh, well, ducky loves the attention. of course, it's actually a, like it's becoming a, a greeting. My dad and I now uh, <laughs> to each other after we both uh, started listening to the show. So uh, that's great. Yeah, there was a, we had a phone call from a woman last week who accused Ducky of being a ventriloquist, and mm. he was actually providing all the answers. That's oh, why we yeah. still have his right. mask on, so you can't see his beak move. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Uh, now, Jeffrey, with a G yeah. or an F or a J? A J. Okay, good. Could never figure out the Geoffrey thing. Um, where are you? I am in Basking Ridge, New Jersey. Oh, okay. Uh, I doubt you're out basking on the ridge right now. No, it's it's not too bad out right now. It's it's just peaking in about forty three degrees, so uh, and sunny, so I can't complain. But yeah, we're 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 in the winter right now. So yeah, no bones about it. All right, what can we do you for, sir? So uh, my wife and I have a. It's I don't know how old it's been alive for, but we've had it seven years. A, a money tree, um, and we've had it in multiple apartments, houses, locations. Um, it's maintained the most the same pot for about the last five years or so, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, We've experienced, it's experienced uh, many ups and downs in terms of uh, leaf loss, um, uh, mostly leaf loss. So what we're experiencing right now is that we have a, we have money tree that has a singular trunk. So it lost some of its, uh, its braidedness that was, that probably was 
process. And now we have a single a single trunk that's um, almost seven feet tall, and it doesn't have that nice clumping top that you see from you know you see in the pictures. It's it's really just a um, it's probably returning to its natural format. But uh, so I'm, we're looking to kind of get it get it down to size and um, make it more of a kind of a bonsai kind of a situation if possible. <laughs> No, no, no. (laughs) Bonsais start as babies, and they are kept as babies by highly talented plant lovers Mm. who use copper wire to make sure every branch goes in the correct direction. They do root pruning. They keep it in containers much too small. No, you simply have a plant that's too tall, and you need to make it shorter again, right? That's it. Yeah, but the bonsai was a was a uh, a layman's term, but yes, you're right. Okay. <clears throat> I always wondered what that meant too. Is that guys lay down a lot? Um, <laughs> anyway, the um, you sent us a picture, right? Yes. Yeah, I can't see the picture. Um, right now, but as I remember, you got a lot of trunk uh, with a lot of leaves on top. Yeah, I would say uh, the bottom uh, foot or so has it's um, it's barked over, that's mm-hmm. the right term, but it, you know it's it's got the brownish gray bark, and then the remaining portion is still green. First of all, um, these plants are going to drop leaves every time they're moved. Mm-hmm. And that is perfectly normal because they're going into a very different situation of heat and humidity and everything like that. Right. Um, keep it away from air conditioners and heat registers to mm-hmm. lessen that. And then, um, really, and uh, uh, do I remember that you sent me an email that you said this thing had sentimental value? We planted this plant at our, our wedding ceremony. We feel um, indebted to it in order to, uh, you know, I guess continue the streak of good luck that it's supposed to bring. Okay, now wait a minute. Uh, you almost killed the plant a couple of times, or each other a couple of times during this period. Um, the 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 relations were fine. Uh, it was more of just a uh, you know a bystander of our active lifestyle. This is so common because if you think about it, really only the top of the plant is getting a lot of light. So in many plants across many genres and species, um, the bottom parts tend to brown out and fall off because they're not getting uh, the light they need. Now, the cure for this is a very treacherous and horrifying plant design. It's mm-hmm. called air layering. And okay. it sounds so nice, doesn't it? What you're going to do is you're going to pick a spot on that giant trunk of yours. You mm-hmm. are going to scrape away a full circle of bark around that trunk, which normally would lead to death because there's no way for the water to be transported up and down. Mm, Ah, But you are going to have at the ready 
sphagnum moss, not the milled peat moss, sphagnum moss, which uh, is what they used to fill up fancy baskets and stuff. Sure. It's kind of the moss, some of the, uh, one variety of moss before it gets milled. So after you um, seemingly murder this plant, you're going to <laughs> wrap it liberally with uh, sphagnum moss. You're going to okay. spray it. And then you're going to attach the moss, probably using plastic wrap, in a way that you can still get moisture in there. Okay. So then what happens is you will do the thing that is hardest for gardeners to do, which is be patient. Mm -hmm. Don't feed it. Don't overwater it. Uh, you know, just make okay. sure that this bandaged area is stays mm -hmm. nice and moist. If okay. all goes well, you will see new roots coming out of the bottom of the bandaged area. So okay. at that point, you can, you know, lighten up a little bit, keep the moss there, keep watering it. But what you're going to do eventually when you feel you have enough of a root system is mm -hmm. you're going to repot it, but you're okay. going to plant only the top half. Those are your new roots. This is your oh, new lower okay. plant. Um, it is perfectly acceptable to try to grow out um, the base, but this is what okay. you want. This is the way to keep um, keep it a decent size. And in the future, okay. try to make sure it gets light from all sides. That was my last question: is what what, what are the real light requirements? Because for we put it in uh, full sun at some no. point, it did really well. I mean, not full sun, but it, you know, it got. Uh, 360 sun, I guess, for some Good. portion of the day. And then for the last summer, it was on a um, covered porch that didn't really receive any sort of direct sun until maybe late afternoon, and that was for a short period of time. So so it, it wasn't getting scorched, but it, the problem, it was also probably really fighting for light, which is why we saw this extreme upward growth uh, maybe in the last uh, 24 months or so. Well, you know, with these kind of big household plants, a lot of people don't bother to drag them out in the summer and bring them back in in the winter because no matter how well you do it, it's a shock to the plant. Put it right. so, Just p pick a spot in your house that's not near heat, mm -hmm. cold, mm -hmm. but that gets light from all sides. All right? All right. And, and, and what, now how does the, real quick, how does air layering different from, I mean, I know it's different, but then, then propagating, I mean, I see people all over YouTube propagating their money trees um, as a, you know, I guess a way to continue on, with, you know, from scratch, so to speak, but yeah, but the air layering, really, I wish, do you really want to do that? I don't, but I just, just asking because that's, that's the only other major thing I see online that, that the people are talking about. YouTube is a tool of the devil. Go to <laughs> That's your, why I'm talking to you. Yeah. Go to, yes, Michael, the archangel, uh, <laughs> antagonist of Satan. Um, go online to reputable sources, not yeah. Joe who just got his first video camera. Go to extension <laughs> websites, go to sure. uh, houseplant societies, and they'll go mm, into okay. this in great detail. Um, 
it's what you want. Trust me. Okay. Okay? Fair enough. And we'll talk right. about Thanks. the property in Florida I have for you later. Oh, very nice. Yes, you can email me on the side. Yeah. All right. Get out of here, you knucklehead. All right. Thanks, Mike. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. All right, bye. Well, it's time for me to take a little break and begin to assemble my own seed starting supplies. I got containers. I got organic seed starting mix. I got heating mats and I got bright lights. Adventure awaits. But don't go looking for all the details at the Gardens Alive answers to all your questions section of our website just yet. Because we'll be right back with lots more tips on successful seed starting and more of your fabulous phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to a brand new episode of You Bet Your Garden from Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania. Support for You Bet Your Garden is provided by the Espoma Company, offering a complete selection of natural, organic plant foods and potting soils. More information about Espoma and the Espoma Natural Gardening Community can be found at ESPOMA.com. Welcome back to another thrilling, new, all new, all action, no ads. Well maybe a couple, uh, edition of You Bet Your Garden from the studios of Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. I am your host, Mike McGrath. Coming up later in the show, we answer a veritable potpourri of questions based on our previous four special editions on seed starting. Now, how dahlias got into there, I'm still not sure. But maybe you can figure it out, and you will, after a couple more of your fabulous phone calls at 888-492-9444. Beth, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Well, thank you for making it, Beth. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I am just <laughs> ducky. I had a, I had a call from the station lawyer the other day asking if they could sign a ducky to a contract and maybe I could go for a walk somewhere. Oh my goodness! Here we go. It's yeah. all happening. <laughs> <laughs> all right, where are you? I'm in Media, Pennsylvania, just outside of Philly. Hey, I'm in Media in Pennsylvania. That's. <laughs> It's like 50 miles to Philly, but, you know. All right. Um, what can we do you for? So I've been reading a lot about the importance of soil health, not just for, like, plant health, but also for pulling carbon out of the atmosphere and all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. And um, I've been thinking about adopting the no-dig method of gardening, where you just add a layer of compost on your beds every year. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I remember you saying once that if you plant seeds directly into compost, it'll burn their roots. Okay. So if I'm laying down compost rather than, like, mixing it into the soil as I have in the past, how should I direct those seeds? 
Okay, so what we're talking about is also called no-till, because Mm -hmm. tilling uh, just releases enormous uh, amounts of carbon into the atmosphere where it had been sequestered. It uh, releases weed seeds uh, to seed the sun, which is their trigger for sprouting, and mm-hmm. um, if you do it the wrong way at the wrong time, it's it's also an earthworm murder machine. So, yes. Um, I'm I've murdered some earthworms. No dig, no till. These are all great concepts. Now, okay. um, what do you got to start with? You got raised beds, how long they've been in? Have you given them names? <laughs> so I have... Um... I have raised beds that I've had for about three years, mm-hmm. and then I have, um, you know, I have uh, like landscape beds around the property as well that okay. I was going to do the same thing with. Okay. What kind of seeds are we talking about? Well, like I always direct sow my carrots, my radishes, lettuces, all those kind of things. Sure. So I'm most worried about them. Okay. Good. Um. What did you originally fill your raised beds with? Well, nothing that great. <laughs> I was in a rush. I got what I thought was a good soil mix, but over the years, it does not seem to be uh, that great. Um, so I've been adding a lot of compost every year trying to, you know, enrich it. And I think it's mm-hmm. getting better. Okay. Um, but, you know, we're not starting at a great spot. What the heck did you put in there? Like... <laughs> Old hammers? What? <laughs> no, I mean, it was from like, um, you know, like a landscape kind of company, and they said it was good for garden beds, and I just believed them. All right. Um, but it, it's just very hard. It dries out yeah, really see, quickly. that's the problem it's, it's here. Good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Oh, we got two options here. Okay. One is we are going to till up this material because now you've got a lot of compost on the surface and you've got the Mm -hmm. sketchy stuff underneath. So now we are going to either till or double dig, which is a a great exercise if you're up for it. (laughs) This is going to release carbon and weed seeds. The carbon, I mean... You'll, you will give that back or take that back as you garden. No, don't worry sure. about doing this once. Okay. As early, as they say, as the soil can be worked. Do you have any mulch on top of your beds right now? Um, I have some leaves, yeah. Leaves, but okay. That's about it. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. so week one, rake away all the leaves to expose mm-hmm. the soil to the sun and put okay. the Put them to the side for later use. Okay. Okay. About a week or two after that, do your tilling. Now, uh, you don't want to till frozen soil. You don't want to till wet soil. So it's possible you'll wind up getting a slightly late start. But once you do this once, you don't have to do it every year. Okay? Okay. So we till it up. And um, then we hoe it flat on top. 
You want it to be okay. as smooth as the fuzz on a baby's rear end. <laughs> and then you're going to diligently overwater these beds uh, to force dormant weed seeds to sprout. Uh, uh, okay. Then right. 10 days, they should all be up. So make it 10 weeks for good luck and either go out and buy a brand new hoe or have the head of your hoe sharpened. I'm, I, really, okay. I really recommend a diamond hoe, which is mm, just looks, okay. it, it just looks like a razor blade. And mm -hmm. the ones I have, you can replace the heads. Oh, so, okay. But it's super sharp. And then when you're ready, you go out to that bed and without stepping in it, you just mm -hmm. slice along, along the soil line. You just slice the little heads off these things. Yeah, all right. And essentially that's it. I don't care whether they're annuals, perennials, um, they did. Yeah. So all right. then I would put down, you're, you have two choices now. You can um, get a good premium potting soil, mm -hmm. uh, sow your seeds, especially because you mentioned carrots and, what, turnips or something. Yeah. You know, these underground crops, they need loose soil. Yeah. If you've never mixed in perlite uh, at the time of your... Um, your tilling or your double digging, mm -hmm. it would be great to add a ton of perlite. The more perlite okay. you add, the nicer your carrots are going to look. Oh, that's good. I added it to some of my landscape beds, but not, I didn't think about the. Oh, yeah, especially for like, okay. you know, because carrots have no sense of humor about hard soil. Potatoes, no, don't. they don't really care one way or the other. They're Irish. They'll just grow and complain <laughs> about it. But uh, you want you want nice, long, straight carrots. Uh, sure. You want sweet. Um, oh, God, what else are you growing? Root crop? Radishes. You want sweeter radishes. You don't yeah. want them to expend energy trying to bust through rock. Yeah. All right. That's great. So. Now, before uh, you have concerns about fresh compost burning plants, and those are legitimate, mm -hmm. uh, baby plants can be harmed. So what I want you to do is now in your stale seed bed in which you have decapitated all the existing weeds, <laughs> right. plant, your, uh, plant your seeds. And then instead of going straight to compost, use a nice potting soil, seed starting mix. Okay. Something like from a spoma, please no miracle gag or right. osmocote. Yep. And just cover them lightly and then mist, okay. mist them frequently. You can mist these plants in the morning and in the evening because they're not up yet. So you really yeah, want right. you, you really want to get them up, mm -hmm. and when they are up, you do not want to water in the evening anymore. And then okay. you mark your calendar, 
two weeks after that, you can spread compost around them without any fear. Oh, okay. I hope, right. I hope you were taking notes because that was that was complex, wasn't it, I, Ducky? <laughs> I did. I did take notes. Thank you, Mike. This is great. All right. Well, thank you for calling, and you take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Bye. 888-492-9444. William, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hello, Mike. Hello, William. How you doing? I'm fine. How's Ducky? Uh, Ducky is just Ducky. Whoop. Good. Ducky, good. put your mask back on. Come on, come on, come on. Be a good duck. Oh, oh. No, it's giving me a hard time. Uh, <laughs> where are you, Will? Okay, I'm in uh, Burn Township, Berks County, right outside of Reading. Oh, okay. Um, I know the area well. Do you ever go to the uh, minor league Phillies games? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I love that stadium. You ever oh, be in the... going to do some improvements. Yeah, I heard that. Are you ever uh, do the pool in the outfield? No, I haven't done that. Oh, it's amazing. Um, I was a chaperone for my kids uh, when they went on a class trip there, and I embarrassed oh, cool. them terribly. I did the whole <laughs> I did the whole game drinking beer in the pool in the outfield. Never got a ball hit near me though. They have that one of those in uh, the Diamondbacks Stadium in Arizona, yes. Arizona too. Yeah. yeah, I'm surprised more don't have it. All right, let's let's get down to brass tacks. What can we do for William? Okay, um, last I would say late summer, early fall, I was out looking at some of my trees, and I noticed that uh, one of the trees had a lot of brown. The needles had turned brown. Mm-hmm. So I called my tree service, and the guy came out, and uh, I, he, he identified six spruce trees uh, right. on the side of my property that he called it needle cast. Yep. I'd never heard of it before, so uh, I went and looked it up online, and uh, it says it's a fungus. Yes. And uh, um, other than that, he's the uh, tree service guy is now saying he wants to treat it with a pesticide, uh, two applications of pesticide. I'm not comfortable with that because we don't do any you know, right. No, it, no herbicides, it, no. It would be a pesticide. fungicide, but actually, um, in the extension services around the country, cultural controls are recommended. Now, uh, this is a new condition? Yeah, it's the first. I just noticed it last late summer, you know. It's the first time I noticed it. Okay, needle cast starts at the bottom of the tree and works its way up. Right. Um, it's, it's where I noticed it was at, at the lower branches. And how how much is affected? Uh, the, the different trees, it's different. The, the tree that I first noticed on, it's pretty pretty extensive. The, some of the other trees, it's just starting. Hmm. Oh, okay, good. Because one of the um, one of the important things is to try to stop the spread. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the the trees you first noticed it on, does it affect twenty percent, fifty percent? I can't tell. They're so tall, I can't tell how far up it goes. It goes you know, I'm about six foot, and it goes above my head. So right, but you can see that the needle cast is above your head. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I don't know how far up, but yeah. Now, are, are they planted close together? Some are close together, some are not. And how many are uh, there's terribly... There's three that are close together with other trees, and then there's three that are kind of separate. And they're not as affected as, as the ones that are close together. Right. Um, and th- those are the trees we want to protect. How would you feel about culling the others? My wife would not be happy, but... I guess we'd have to do it if that's the best way to go. No, it's well, it's not the only way to go, but um, 
Tell me why. Well, like I said, I don't want to use any pesticides. No, no. Is it a privacy issue? Uh, no, not really. It's more of a you know aesthetic issue. It's you know there's a row of trees there. Every other tree is a spruce, and the other trees are some type of pine. Right. Okay. So um, while we're in the winter, I would urge you to prune out the worst branches. Okay. Um, without without trying without ruining the the shape of the tree. I got to tell you, needle cast is difficult from any angle. And if you were to get rid of these three, it would be easy peasy to protect the other three. You know, that's the name of the game is this is a fungal organism uh, that moves around in the atmosphere. So if, if you take it, if you take that vector away, the other trees should be fine. And if you have the stumps pulled, you can replant. Yeah, okay. Um, otherwise, prune out as much of the affected material as possible. Uh, trash it and burn it. Um, clean up under the trees completely. I want you to, you know, once the snow melts, <laughs> rake, <laughs> yeah. rake everything away. Because everything on the ground under the trees is harboring that fungal okay. disease. Now, there is, um, oh, and keep the orchard floor clean, so to speak. I know they're not fruit trees, but that's the line. Yeah, I understand. What yeah, you're keep them clean, and then I would mulch them with compost. I would mulch okay. them with a good two inches of compost, uh, which contains organisms that will actually fight the disease organism. Um, if you wanted to really try to save those three trees, you might want to consider surround, S-U-R-R-O-U-N-D. Yeah. We use that on some other stuff. Oh, okay, good. So you're familiar with the micronized clay spray. Yeah. Good, good. Mm -hmm. And there is a natural fungal spray. Ah, oh, man, I haven't talked about this for so long. It's uh, Bavaria. Oh, God. It, 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 it's BB or something like that. But if you look through some um, natural supply catalogs or online, um, Brassavania, something like that. It's been a long time, man. But if you could give them a good spraying with that after pruning, after cleaning up the orchard floor, and before you put the compost down, um, you, you'd be fighting the best battle you can. Obviously, you want to keep an eye on the other trees. As soon as you see a branch go bad, prune it off. Get rid of it. Okay. Even if it's not, you know, prime season to prune, like now? Oh, now now is the time season, uh, okay. prime season to prune. Yeah, the only time you don't want to prune is in is in the fall. Right. Okay. All right. I, I think I understand what to do. Okay. Good luck to you, sir. It's a tough disease. It took one of my spruces. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and you know what we're going through. So. Oh, yeah. Thanks for your advice, Mike. Appreciate it. All right. Good luck to you. Well, it's time for me to take a break and give my rosemary plants a proper burial. This winter has been brutal to them, and I made a few, maybe 16 mistakes. But don't go waiting for the return of the rosemary just yet because we'll be right back with more on successful seed starting 
and more of your fabulous phone calls. I'm Mike McGrath, and you're listening to a brand new episode of You Bet Your Garden from Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. This is 91.3 FM, WLVR Bethlehem, WLVR.org. Welcome back to another thrilling brand new episode of You Bet Your Garden, designed specially for all you people who are trying, going to try, who try me, (laughs) to start your own seeds this season. In the question of the week, we're going to take a little bit of a pause and answer questions about the previous four episodes. Next week, who knows, but it'll be about the same subject. Hopefully, it'll be the last one. And that's all coming up after a couple more of your fabulous phone calls at 888-492-9444. Ryan, welcome to You Bet Your Garden. Hi, Mike. Thanks for taking my call. Well, thank you for making it, sir. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I'm in Warnersville, Pennsylvania, in between uh, Reading and Lebanon. Oh, okay. I like how you pronounce Lebanon. Lebanon. <laughs> Have you lived there a long time? Yeah, my whole life. Okay. How about them Reading Phillies? Yeah, the Fightings or whatever they are now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, when are the repairs going to be done to the stadium? Who knows? Okay. Probably forever. Uh, does the peanut bar still exist? I believe it does, yes. Okay. Very good. All right. What can we do for you, sir? Uh, Two years ago, I started a little fruit area in the back corner of my property and uh, got some bare root uh, fruit bushes. One of the blueberries didn't make it, so I replaced it with one I got from uh, Home Depot. Oh, saints preserve us. (laughs) (sighs) Yeah, I, I noticed some weeds that I had never seen before. I didn't think too much of it. I just kind of knocked it down with a hoe. And then the next year, they were everywhere. And come to find out that it's, it's a weed called Creeping Charlie. Yes. It's pretty much taken over that whole area now. Okay. Creeping Charlie has more names than Hector had pups. And if there's anybody out there old enough <laughs> to recognize that reference, send me a card. Um it's also known as gill over the ground. Uh, it's been a while since I talked about it. It's got like 18 different names. So have you learned any lesson from this young man? I, I don't think I, I've learned where to buy my, uh, my bare root plant from now. Yes. I, yes. I, I won't be going at your again. local friendly neighborhood garden center. Right. Okay. Now, uh, before we get into um, my non-answer, uh, with bare root plants, do you soak the roots in water before planting? I did. That was what the instruction said that when they came in from uh, the nursery. Good. I soaked them for about 20, 20 hours, and then I planted them. Excellent. Excellent. A lot of people don't realize that, but those roots are dehydrated. And just sticking them in a bucket of water for X number of hours really increases the chance of your success. 
So what else we got growing back there? I have blueberries, uh, some Nanking cherry, but there's also I, I planted some strawberries and I did it on on uh, flat earth, which I, I know is a no no. But now <clears throat> now the creeping Charlie is in the strawberries, and I I think those are a loss. But I was trying to see if there was a way I could still get the creeping Charlie under control around the the blueberries and the Nanking cherries because they're doing well. Right. Um, when you look on the internet, it's all about Roundup, and I don't want to use that. So I, I had an idea that I wanted to run past you. Uh oh. If if I were to just put down maybe an inch or two of topsoil, could I plant uh, an annual uh, ground cover like uh, a ryegrass or or a clover that would grow higher than the creeping Charlie? Do you think that would work to smother it out, or is that creeping Charlie is a ground cover? It's a beautiful ground cover. It was originally used as an ornamental. As you know, the color of the plant is magnificent. And when you mow it, you get this wonderful herbal aroma. Why do you feel you need to replace it? Well, it just seems like it's, it's, it's growing out in every possible direction. What I would suggest is you get some really nice garden edging and, okay. and you put that to enclose the current uh, swath of Creeping Charlie. Um, also, just keeping it mowed keeps it under control. Yeah, okay. You know, it's a, it's a great ground cover. It is protecting your plants from uh, heavy rainstorms. Um, it's shading the soil surface. Beautiful to look at, beautiful to smell when you mow it. Not every quote-unquote weed is a problem. Um, there's a great textbook on uh, the virtues of all these uh, North American plants that have been called weeds. If I remember, I'd like to look it up and see it. Uh, the flowers might be good for pollinators. I mean, it's a beautiful plant. But yes, it will spread unless you keep it under control. But that's easier than anything else. Now, there is an organic solution to Creeping Charlie involving borax. But I tell you the truth, you got so many different plantings in there. The borax cure was for lawns. But okay. I think you've got a beautiful ground cover for your orchard floor. And um, the problem is nil. It is moot. All right, then. That'll work. All right. Take care, man. Thanks, Mike. Another epic episode of the question of the week, helping all you newbies try to start your own seeds so that you can then go to the uh, Friendly Neighborhood Garden Center and buy them professionally done. So this is Seed Starting 5. What's in the bag? Compost. What kind? Plus, a special guest appearance by Dahlia's and pine straw and other mulches. Oh, my. Tara in Atlanta writes, I have become an increasingly avid gardener and enjoy learning more by listening to your podcast. I'm hoping you can help me up my game by answering two questions. It is my understanding that a seed-starting mix can be superior for tiny or slow-to-germinate seeds. 
But do I need a professional seed starting mix to start larger, faster seeds like zinnia or tomatoes? If I have the space, should I start them in four inch pots of potting soil or compost? They certainly seem to love being potted up into a mix of compost and potting soil. Please help me understand when to use potting soil, compost, and other soil amendments. Well, this was a great question. So I went back to the 1990s, way back, way back, and double-checked my stance on this subject. And I and my fellow editors at Organic Gardening Magazine all agreed that the best way to start that is germinate seeds, is in a professional seed starting mix with some perlite. Mixing compost in before the starts always seemed to delay germination. Ah, we return to Tara in Atlanta. Wasn't that the house and gone with the wind? Anyway, my eyes have finally been opened to the fact that the big brand potting soils at the big box stores, miracle Grow, are a fantastic product. <laughs> yeah, I've been watching YouTube videos on dahlias, and a couple of British growers fill their pots with straight compost. I do understand the potting soil doesn't contain any actual soil, but can or should I grow a plant in straight compost? I've been mixing composts, mushroom or cow, worm castings and bone meal into my potting mix and into holes in the ground. Okay, Tara, composted cow manure is not compost of any kind. It is dried manure collected at large dairy farms. I suspect that most, if not all of it, comes from factory farms where the animals are treated very poorly. My old friend Andy Weil, MD, and I were having dinner with a small group who were attending the same botanical conference. And someone asked the food wise Dr. Weil, what's the worst food anybody can eat? Andy immediately shot back anything cooked by an angry person. Likewise, I would never use manure from a distressed animal, not to mention the antibiotics and growth hormones they've been pumped up with. Mushroom soil, that's not a single thing, kids. Like, quote, manures, mushroom soil is tricky. If it didn't come from an organic mushroom farm, it's likely to be loaded with herbicides, which are used to prevent green plants from arising thanks to the seeds in the horse manure that is its main component. Fresh mushroom soil right out of the growing house will burn your plants. If it's hot, use it not. Mushroom soil is not exactly compost, but if it's allowed to age until it no longer has any smell or heat, it makes a nice top dressing for your adult plants mid-season. Now, bone meal is fine, certainly not a compost, but reserve that until planting time and pour it on top of the root ball 
before you fill in the hole to provide calcium, which is essential for tomatoes, or else you'll get the blossom end rot. Your tomatoes might get it too. Crazy British gardeners. <laughs> oh, they have a lot of tricks up their sleeves, having been at this game a lot longer than us detached Americans. Dahlias are tropical tubers that have to be stored indoors in climes with cold winters. And many gardeners plant them in pots or hanging baskets to make this chore easier. But now we're back to the eternal question. What kind of compost? What were the raw ingredients? That said, I would be comfortable planting dahlias and tuberous begonias in close to 100% compost, plus some perlite, especially if they're not in the ground. Cold, wet soil can doom dahlias. And finally, Tara from Atlanta leads us down this week's final rabbit hole. I continue to search for a mulch I really like. Pine straw still looks funny to this gal raised in the prairie. Wood chips aren't great to have next to the base of the house. The pine bark I tried this fall had huge pieces that didn't seem to break down. I heard someone say they, quote, mulch with a, quote, soil amendment to improve the soil, retain water, and reduce weeds. Is this something you recommend? What is your mulch recommendation? Ah, uh, thank you for that question. Mulch does not refer to any specific substance, although the purveyors of chipped-up insecticide-soaked pallets from China that have been spray-painted some god-awful color would have you believe that their trash wood is the official mulch. And thanks to monkey see, monkey do, it has become ubiquitous. But this worse-than-useless product does not belong in anyone's landscape, especially rotting the base of trees in the popular but completely incomprehensible volcano mulch style. On a scale of 1 to 10, dyed mulch gets a 0. The best mulches are shredded fall leaves, that's a 10, the pine straw that Tara from the prairie thinks looks funny, despite it being the mulch of the south, is another 10. And compost, 10, which prevents weeds just as well as an equal layer of poisonous wood chips. And finally, no mulch should ever be up against a house. Keeping the soil moist near the foundation is an engraved invitation for termites to move in. Well, that sure was another intensive look at seed starting with special guests like dahlias now, wasn't it? Luckily for you, the question of the week appears in print at the Gardens Alive website. To read it over in detail at your leisure, or your leisure, just click the link for the question of the week at our website, which is still and will forever be youbetyourgarden.org. 
Gardens Live supports the question of the week, and you will always find the latest question of the week. Where? Oh, I don't know. Could it be at the Gardens Alive website? Oh, I think so. Yikes, my producer is threatening to destroy my dahlias if we don't get out of this studio. We must be out of time. But you can call us anytime at 888-492-9444 or send us your emails. You're tired, you're poor, you're wretched refuse with questions teeming towards our garden short at YBYG at WLVT.org. Please include your location. We're really getting lazy on that. Um, and it, it takes forever to find out where you are unless we put one of those little um, tracer stickers on you. You'll find all of this contact information at our website, YouBetYourGarden.org, where you'll also find the answers to all your garden questions, audio of this show, video of this show, audio and video of old shows, and our peerless, priceless podcast. You Bet Your Garden is a half-hour public television show, an hour-long public radio show, and podcast, all produced and delivered to you weekly by Lehigh Valley Public Media in Bethlehem, PA. Our radio show is distributed by PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. Shouldn't it be PRE? Oh, well. You Bet Your Garden was created by Mike McGrath. Mike McGrath was created when Dr. Strange suddenly appeared, tossed him the wand of Watum, said, I'll be back for this, and closed the portal before Baron Mordo could get through. Our musical director is Ken Queter. Our chief content officer is Yoni Greenbaum. Our angel of the airways is Christine Dempsey. Our engineer is cheerful Charlie Sarah. Our social media director is Amanda Norfleet. Hey, check out her work and send her your fabulous gardening pictures at the You Bet Your Garden Facebook page. Teresa Radke is our peerless producer of Profound Production. The lovely Jonas Bowen is our audio editor. Judicious Jake Boyer does the video. Our director of direction is the harassed and harried Javier Diaz. Zach the Taquisneski is in the house. I did see him. As is or are Jacob Morris, who I have not seen, and the rest of our usual wonderful gang of idiots. For Valentine's Day, our beloved CEO, Tim Fallon, ordered four flourless chocolate cakes from a premier baker in Manhattan. When his wife began to thank him, he said, oh, I guess I should have gotten one for you, too. I'm your host, Mike McGrath, gearing up to start my own seeds and keeping up with the shoveling my orthopedic surgeon made me swear not to do. So unless I hear another one of those terrifying pops, I'll see, ow, ow, ooh, oh. Pop, pop, whiz, whiz. Um, I'll see you next week. Two little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs. Two little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs, little bugs. Little bugs.
Little box, 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 little box,